Hey, it's Amber Smith. Welcome to the Conscious Coach Podcast. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. This is your host, Amber Smith, and I am very, very excited to be bringing you an episode about transformational coaching. And this whole topic that I'm going to dive into with my friend, Amber Brzezicki, um, is near and dear to my heart because I have talked before about, you know, the personal responsibility I feel, and I feel that my clients also, um, experience the desire to raise the standard in the coaching industry, um, to be one of true transformation. And one of the things that I personally feel strongly about is that we need to raise the bar individually, right? Like we have to take it upon ourselves to be the best coaches we can be. And one of the things that a lot of people do is get certifications. Um, people become great students, people get coached themselves. I think for the most part, people have good intentions And I think that's great. I also think that honing your craft and becoming the best coach you can be um, and acknowledging where you can improve is a really important step. And so in this conversation I have with Amber Brzezicki, we talk about the difference between accountability coaching and transformational coaching. And actually she makes the distinction between a few other things like the difference between accountability coaching, cheerleading, teaching and advice giving versus the ultimate, which is transformational coaching. So I know you're going to get a ton out of this episode. Um, me and Amber talk and go deep on all sorts of things, um, related to transformational coaching. And I know you're going to get a ton out of it. Amber is an, an incredible entrepreneur and an incredible coach. She runs a business called biceps after babies. She has a program called Mac 101. She has a coaching Academy that she's launching. Um, she has an incredible podcast, called Biceps After Babies Radio, and she's an incredible fitness coach. And one of the things that I know and really appreciate about her is that she doesn't just tell people what to do. She really digs deep, and we talk about that in our episode together, about the difference between all the, you know, all the distinguishing things I just shared, like accountability, cheerleading, teaching, and giving versus transformational coaching. And you know I'm a big fan of that and I'm an advocate for that. So I was really excited to have Amber on and I know you're going to enjoy the conversation as much as I enjoyed having her um, and interviewing her and chatting with her. So without further ado, let's jump in to my conversation with Amber Brzezicki. All right, Amber, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited. Hey, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Amber. I'm so excited <laughs> hey, to be here. Amber, um, <laughs> super excited for the conversation we're going to have. You and I have very similar beliefs. Um, just for the audience jumping in, we're talking about the difference between like accountability coaching versus transformational coaching and a lot of nuances that I think we both, uh, agree on and want to kind of talk about. So I guess let's just get started right away. You shared a great metaphor before we hit record, um, about dessert and coaching. So I'd love to just jump right in. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so I think, the, you know, Amber was asking me ahead of time of, you know, what do we want to dive into? And I, I really strongly feel that we throw around the word coaching and, and that we need to define what we're talking about when we mean coaching, uh, because just saying that everything and its dog is coaching does, does a disservice to the different levels and ways that coaching can be so incredibly powerful in somebody's life. And I, I gave the metaphor that it's, it's like this concept of dessert. We can throw around, oh, it's, it's dessert. But when you get really specific and you say, uh, 
you know, an Oreo could be a dessert <laughs> or a magnificent flambe that you go to that has this presentation with the smoke and stuff is yeah. they're both desserts, but they're completely different experiences. And I see that a lot with people just tossing around this idea of like, oh, it's coaching and coaching can happen on so many different levels and, and look so differently. And so I think helping people to understand the power that coaching can have. And I think sometimes when people use coaching to describe things like providing people accountability or even teaching or advice giving or cheerleading, it, it, it muddies the waters and doesn't help people to see that no real true transformational coaching can shift so many things for you and, and can, can really change, change, you know, the future for you. Yeah. Well, in your mind, like what is the coach's intention if they're trying to provide accountability versus what are their, is their intention if they're trying to create transformation? Well, I think, uh, so we can get really deep into this, but I think a lot of, (laughs) I think a lot of reasons that, so I talk about different types of coaches and maybe it would be helpful to kind of create some language around this and talk about these different types of coaching. Uh, so when I see, and, and the reason that I know these types of coaches is because I went through each of these stages, right? Like this is the evolution that I saw in my ability to be able to coach. When I got into the space, it was in 2016. I, my story is I'm an accidental business owner. I never, ever in a million years thought I would start a business. I had my own physical transformation and just started sharing on Instagram and people started asking me to coach them. And I was like, sure, that sounds like funsies. Let's do that. Uh, So that's where I started, right? It was just, people started asking me to coach them, coach, you know, in, in quotes and I was like, sure, let's do it. And when you just get started, there is a lack of like just fundamental understanding and knowledge of how to work with people that, that I think plagues a lot of new coaches. And so one of the easiest ways to be able to quote unquote provide coaching is to realize that one of the reasons people aren't reaching their goals is because they don't follow through with things. And so the easy answer and solution that we come to is like, oh, I'll just provide them accountability. Like I'll just provide them external accountability and then that'll fix all their problems. They'll just they'll be able to hit all of their goals then. Right. And so I definitely started with that. You know, if people check in with me every week and I text them throughout the week, then they're going to stick to their macros. They're going to be great. And they're going to be super successful. So, you know, there's this level of accountability coaching that uh, a lot of coaches fall into, especially initially. And then from there, a lot of times we get into like this cheerleader space where it feels good to be celebrated. And so we think, oh, if I just like tell them they're doing a good job, they're going to do more of that. It's like that positive reinforcement. If I can just like positively reinforce my client, then they're going to do great things. So, you know, I went kind of from the accountability coach to the cheerleader where it was, oh, you're doing so great. Just amazing. I'm so proud of you. And providing that external validation for them with just crossing my fingers that that would fix all their problems and just make them be successful. And I believe in them enough. Yeah, then yeah. <laughs> they're going to do great things. The problem with that is that what happens when they don't do it right now? It's like, there's like guilt and shame. And now they don't even want to talk to you because now you're going to be disappointed in them. And that is a really damaging relationship for a coach and client, because as a coach, I know the time that I can help you the very most is the time that you don't want to talk to me. Yep. It's when you feel bad about what you did, or you did something that, you yeah. know, the antithesis of what you said you were going to do. That is when I can help you the most as a coach. And if you build that, that transactional relationship of like, I'm really proud of you when you do good. And then I'm really disappointed in when you do bad clients are not going to open up to you. Yep. They're not going to tell you anything. They're not going to be honest with you. And so then I can't help you as a coach. So we have accountability coach. We have the cheerleader. 
Uh, and then we have the teacher, which I love. Like I, I come from, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't ever like a formal teacher, but I TA'd my entire four years in college. I TA'd physiology and pathophysiology and anatomy and nursing classes and like all I, I was a TA. And so I love, I've always loved teaching and teaching is really powerful. You have to teach concepts. You and I both know there are principles that you have to learn to grow yep. your business. There are principles you have to learn to, you know, get in shape. Like yep. you have to understand principles. We also know that everybody knows that they should brush their teeth and floss. <laughs> and let's count how many people don't actually do that. Yep. Right. It's like knowledge isn't enough to actually change behavior permanently. And so I saw that a lot. I was like, well, if I just teach people about macros and the, and they understand the science, well, psh, that's it. Right. They're just going to do it because they understand the why, right? And the why is important, but it's not everything. And so being a teacher is a valuable part of coaching, but it is not coaching. Um, And then I would say, I went through that phase because I was just like, I just need to teach everybody about macros. That's it. And then they'll just be perfect. It'd be great. Uh, And then the next level, the fourth level, I feel like people get to, and I for sure was here for quite a while was the advice giver. Mm-hmm. Is like, you come to me and I will solve your problems. I will tell you exactly what to do. I am so wise. <laughs> I am so wise. I have been in your shoes. So of course I know how to yep. solve this problem because I've done it before. Right. Not taking into consideration the fact, even if we've both done the same things, it's completely different context completely and, different. Yeah. and people and like situations right. and they're not Life actually story. The same, but we, <laughs> yeah. But we make them feel like, oh, it's the same or you know, you coach enough clients and you feel like, well, I've seen enough of this. I've seen this thing so many times and I know how to solve this problem. Even if I, maybe I haven't gone through it. I've seen it in a lot of my clients. So that how we solved it there is absolutely going to apply to here. And that's, it's not the case, you know, and advice giving feels good for the advice giver. And so what I was going to say earlier on is like, if we want to dive deep with this is I feel like the reason we get stuck in the accountability coach, the cheerleader, the teacher, the advice giver is because it feels good for us. It feels comfortable and safe for us to stay in a place of, let me just teach you. Let me just make, you know, let me just give you some accolades. Let me just like, um, you know, give you some advice. Like that feels comfortable and good for the coach, but coaching is not about the coach. (laughs) Coaching is about the client you're coaching. And so that last phase that I feel like I've finally been able to move into and understand and give language around and teach people how to do this is the idea of a transformational coach. Yeah. And yes, a transformational coach includes, like you got to teach that sometimes you're going to give advice. Like sometimes you are going to like celebrate with your clients and sometimes you are, you know, going to provide accountability, but it's not, that's not the whole package. It's the deep work that you're able to do where you're able to show your client their blind spots. You're able to help them apply what they're learning in the areas that they're not applying it. It's not telling your clients, it's not walking ahead of your clients. It's it's linking arms with your clients and walking beside them through that experience and helping to them to be in the driver's seat. You know, my daughter is uh, almost 15 and a half. And so she's getting her driver's permit yeah. in like, in like three weeks. <laughs> so you've taken her out driving a couple of times. And I think, um, coaching is a lot like that. It It's not where I'm sitting in the driver's seat and she's sitting next to me and I'm driving the car. It's, I am sitting next to her. She's driving the car and yeah, I'm there and I'm kind of guiding her and I'm like helping her so she doesn't crash, but like she's driving the car. She has the wheel. She has the brake and the gas pedal. And it's not, it's, 
a lot of times I think coaches want to reach over and they want to grab the wheel and they want to turn the wheel and they're like, Oh, let's just scoot over. Just, just scoot over a little bit. Let me like push the, push the gas <laughs> for you. And let me just like take over this situation. Cause I know how to, I know how to drive. Right. Which I do. I know how to drive better than she knows how to drive. But if I don't let her learn that I'm robbing her of that experience of being able to become a good driver mm -hmm. by taking over. And I see a lot of coaches, especially beginning coaches get stuck in that place. of They keep grabbing the wheel. They keep <laughs> trying to like take over and it, it robs the client of that experience of, of learning and growing themselves. Yeah. When it's coming from the belief, like you need to be rescued. I need to save you yeah. because yeah. you're actually not powerful enough to do this. I feel mm -hmm. like to be a transformational coach, you have to come from the assumption that my client is a very powerful person. Yes. A hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. And they, and they can do this. And I think, um, and that's very different than being a cheerleader. Yeah. Being a cheerleader is like the external validation of like, you're so amazing. You got this. You can do this, boo. I believe in you. Right. That's very different than you believing that in your heart and having your coaching coming from that place of the assumption that they are powerful, the assumption that they are going to be successful, the assumption that they can do this. And I think that's one of the most challenging things as a coach, because sometimes you have to hold that vision for your client before they even see it themselves. Yep. Without dipping in, like you said, sometimes we cheerlead, but I feel like sometimes if you're like so sold on the vision, it's easy to be like, no, like, I know you can do this, right? Like that's <laughs> yeah. not good coaching either. Like, no, I know uh -uh. you can, you yeah. know, They're like, great. Nope. That's great that you know, but like, I'm really right. struggling. <laughs> yep. Right. That's like the grabbing the wheel thing. It's like, I, I, you're such a good driver. I know you can be a good yeah. driver, but you're like, you have your hand on the wheel. Like how the heck are they going to be a good driver if you're trying to take over everything? Yeah. So I'm going to ask you a really hard question. Cause I feel like yeah. deconstructing what we do is really hard. Like yeah. Okay. You became this transformational coach. Like you could, you could identify that, but like, how do you deconstruct what you do well? How do I deconstruct what I do well in terms As of a transformational like, coach? Yeah. So I was actually just before I, we um, got on this podcast, I was actually in a meeting with all of my coaches. We were debriefing our last um, coaching experience and I was coaching one of the coaches. Cause that's really my role now is like helping yeah. coach my coaches. That's awesome. <laughs> and we were having this conversation um, because she was really struggling with her her clients and um, trying to guide them through it. And she was feeling a lot of resistance that they weren't doing the things that they said they were going to do. They weren't going through the content. They weren't showing up in like a way. And she's like, I can't do this for you. And we had a conversation around uh, the role of a coach. And um, what I what I got from her and some of the observations I made was that she was coming into the calls with an agenda with a way that things were supposed to be. And, and, and kind of that, like you were saying that kind of one up, where it's like, I'm the coach, I'm going to tell you what to do. Now you have to do it. And then you don't do it. Now we get into power struggle of like, well, why the heck you didn't do it. And then they try to make themselves right by like, well, I had all these things. And then it was like, well, that's not an excuse. And now yep. you're in this, in this like power struggle. Yep. And so I asked her the question, I said, what do you, what, what's, what's the, what is coaching? Like, what, what is your job as a coach? And we really landed on your job as a coach is to not tell the clients what to do. It's not to get them to listen to certain modules. It's to show them their blind spots. And when people can see their blind spots, they have a fuller picture, they have more options and they're able to make better decisions. And so if you think about it in terms of literally a blind spot, if I'm looking forward, I can't see beyond my periphery, right? So I can see the world in front of me and I can map it out and I can say, there's this decision, this decision, this decision that I can make, but I can't see at all what's behind my head. 
when somebody can help show me what's behind my head, they can show me my blind spots. They, they can show me that there's a whole world behind my head. Now I have more options. I have more insight. I have more clarity. I have more ways that I could go and I'm able to make those decisions better. And so I think to circle back around to your original question, like how do you identify success as a transformational coach? It is, did I give my client a, a fuller map of everything that's available to them. And I think as finite beings, we can't even really do this, right? Because we are infinite. <laughs> and so we're still working within a 3D context, but am I opening their eyes more to that infinite possibility that is available to them? And if I'm doing that, then I'm doing my job. And and that's, that's my goals. I want to leave, I want clients to leave with a more rich picture of who they truly are at a core because it gives them more power. It gives them more options. It gives them, you know, just more ideas of where they could go from there. I love that. I remember something you said a long time ago that you're like, I mean, I help people with macros and weight loss and fitness, but like really my secret agenda is to help women know that they can achieve things. Yes. And I feel yeah. like that's like all coaches, like secret agenda, right? We want our, mm-hmm. our, our clients to feel powerful. And I love that. But I think it takes a lot of like self, I think great coaches have good self-awareness of like, am I accidentally coming with my own agenda Mm -hmm. so that my client gets what I think they should get out of my coaching? Mm -hmm. Yes. Which like you said, there's infinite possibilities. I don't know what they're going to go, where they're going to go, but I trust that by showing them their blind spot, they'll go where they need to go. Yeah. We don't help people in the way that we want to help them. We help them in the way they want to be helped. (laughs) Right. Right. I mean, that's the hard thing. That's the hard thing about coaching is like, we, sometimes we, we got to get rid of that. Like I know better. Yeah. And I think that can be, that's a really prideful and hard thing to let go of sometimes because you may know better. You may, you may think you know better, but I think when it comes down to it, like we said earlier, even if you're, even if we're in the exact same situation, it's not actually the exact same situation. It never is exactly the same situation. No. And so we, we put these blinders on. We're like, well, I know exactly what you do. Cause I have been in your situation. I've been in your shoes. I know it, but we have to pull back and remember like, no, you actually have never been in this person's shoes with all of their experiences leading up to this point with the context that they're in, with the family that they're in, with the situation that they're in, the money that they're, whatever it is, you've never been in that situation. And so it's a humble, it's humbling. Like you have to be humble as a coach to not feel like, and here's the thing that I always tell my new coaches because my new coaches, as I'm training them, they're always so worried about getting it wrong. Yeah. Like what if someone asked me a question? I don't know the answer. What if like they come with me and I'm like, I don't know. And I always remind them, I said, that's not your job. Your job is to not know the answers. That's not your job. That's your client's job. That's your client. Your job is to, is to, to guide them and to help them and to ask them questions and to help them like get to that place. But you can let, and that's a freeing place to get rid, like yes. to get to. Yes. I don't have to know that. I don't have to have all the answers. Yep. Big deep breath. Okay. <laughs> I can show up for this person who's in front of me and I can just yeah. connect with them and I can guide them without having to like be in my head. I can be present with them instead of being in my head of being like, oh my gosh, what if she asked me this question? I don't know. The answer. I don't know what she should do. What, uh, what if she does this? Like, you can let go of that and you can just be present with the person who's in front of you and you can walk side by side with them. Yeah. I think a powerful skill set for a coach is to bite your tongue while you <laughs> like <laughs> truly, like you don't need to worry about what you're going to say. Listen. That's good. Yeah. Listen, or like, yeah. I really love this. Jody Moore posted something that was like, if you're a coach, stop spending time being wise and having the answers and spend more time being deeply confused. <laughs> mm, that's so good. Yeah. That's so good. Interesting. 
I'm so curious why you said that, you know, instead right. of being like this sage that has all the answers. Yeah, but that's what we think. We think that's what people want. And and it's hard because it's what people think they want as well. Yep. This is this is like yep. the, the tricky part is like people think that they want somebody to just tell them the answers, right? They just give me a fitness, just give me a program to follow Amber. Just tell me what to eat. Just tell me how many times to go to the gym. Like, just tell me these things. They think that's what they want. But in the end, it doesn't actually create the transformation they're really looking for. So there is that enrollment piece of having to help clients recognize, I know you just want me to tell you what to do. I, I get it. It would be so easy if you could just outsource your life to somebody else. And then you can blame them when it goes wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you told me to do this. You told me to start this business. You told me to make this offer. And now that like the, you know, the responsibility is on you. So it's, yeah. it's easier for the client to do that. Like I get why you want that. So it's part of our job as coaches to enroll clients in why I know you want this, but it's not actually going to get you to where you want to go. And, and when you can take back that power and that control, <laughs> then that's actually going to produce the result that you want. Yeah. I always think about like the thing behind the thing, like, yeah. why are you wanting me to tell you what to do? What's your belief? Mm -hmm. You're saying that you probably yeah. have a belief, yeah. like, like our clients have a belief that they don't know what they're doing or totally. something like, or they mess it up or whatever. And that's what we want to get to as the coach. Right. Because if you don't solve that, none of the other like things I teach you are going to matter. So You're true. always going to come back to this, like, oh, everybody else has the answers. I'll have to ask for permission to do everything. And, and it, that, that is the problem. And if you don't solve that root problem, it doesn't matter how great your macros are. It doesn't matter how awesome your offer is. It's like, if you come from that place, it's never going to, it's never going to work. Yeah. So like, what are your, I guess, thoughts about yourself when you're coaching? Like, I know that you said you try to stay out of your head, but like the assumptions that you have when you go into a session. Uh, well, I always, and I teach this to my client or to my coaches. Um, I'm always coming from this person is going to be successful, right? Your success, their success is inevitable. Like I'm always coming from like, whatever they want is absolutely a hundred percent possible for them. And I think that's and a really important place to come from as a coach, because if you come from the context of like, I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know if you can do this. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to come across <laughs> in the way that you coach and, and, and the experience that your clients have. Um, so that, that is definitely a context that I always am approaching coaching from. It's like the person who's standing in front of me can do the thing that they want to do. And my job is to help them figure out the path, like to, yeah. to be able to get there. Um, I, I, I do really try to stay out of my head. Uh, and I think I do a pretty good job of it. Of uh, I call it active listening. Yeah. And that is, it is where you really are out of your head and you really are with the person and you're present and you're, you're like there. We create, um, we create maps with our words. We create uh, a world with our words. And part of coaching is figuring out the map that the person is giving you in their words. And in order to do that, you have to be paying attention. You have to be listening to how they're describing things and how they're speaking about things. And then you have to ask them questions to be able to make the map a little bit clearer so that you can figure out, okay, what map are we working with here? And from their map, not from my map, from their map, how can we get them to where they want to go? And so a lot of times, I, again, I'm staying out of my head because what I think doesn't matter, what my map is doesn't matter. I'm really trying to get from the client what their map is, what their understanding is with where they're at with something so that we can fill in the holes and, and move forward. 
Yeah. It's like almost like forgetting everything that you know. Yeah. It, for the moment and really going into what they're thinking and believing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So and it's hard, some, like you said, biting your tongue. Su- it's super hard. <laughs> so if someone's listening to this and they're like, crap, like I am totally a cheerleader or I'm totally yeah. an accountability coach. Like, what do they do? Yeah. It's, I think, you know, awareness is always the biggest thing is whenever I teach this concept, inevitably people are like, oh my gosh, that's me. <laughs> and again, I, I can only talk about these different types of coaches because I've literally been every single one of these. <laughs> you know, this was like, this was my progression. And I realized there was, there was another level. And, yeah. and so I think, first of all, just being able to see it. And like you said, getting clear on like why you stay there. Like what, what does cheerleading do for you as a coach? Yeah. Uh, Well, it's, it's easy. Like it feels, it feels really easy to be like, you go girl, you're amazing. (laughs) Uh, So that it's like getting clear on like, what, what causes me to go into cheerleading? Is, is it because I don't know how else to deal with it is because uh, it's easy. Is it because it just makes everybody feel warm fuzzies inside? And we just like to feel warm fuzzies. And then I think if you're wanting to grow past that, if you recognize, okay, I recognize I'm at the cheerleader, but I don't want to stay here. There's nothing wrong with being a cheerleader. I don't want to stay here though. So Mm -hmm. how do we move beyond past that? One of the ways uh, I talk with my clients about this idea of push pull and, um, that a lot of times we are wanting to go towards something. So we're being pushed towards something. And sometimes we're trying to be away from something and different people respond differently. Some people like to move away from pain and sometimes people like to move towards pleasure. And so I think getting clear on that of yourself, are you more motivated to move towards pleasure or are you more motivated to move away from pain can help you figure out how to continue to grow. If you are someone who moves away from pain, and that, that tends to be your default, you can start to get clear on like, what is the cost of being the cheerleader? We kind of talked about it a little bit of like, if you're just the cheerleader, what happens when somebody brings you something that isn't good, that you're not going to really cheer? Yeah. What's, what's the and cost like, of that? That's most of coaching. Yeah, right. <laughs> They're working through things that aren't great. <laughs> that aren't great. If they were just doing all the great things, they wouldn't need to coach. And so that's yet. the cost. That's the cost of just being the cheerleader. So if you're someone who moves away from pain, getting clear on like, what's the cost of staying put and not growing beyond being the cheerleader. If you're somebody who moves towards pleasure, you can start to say, well, what's that? What's that next step of like being more of the teacher or even being more of the advice giver, or even making the leap to being a transformational coach? What, what is the, what is the benefit for me? What is the benefit of for my clients? And I would say, like, I, we kind of hit on this again, but I just want to make it really clear. As you move and become a more transformational coach, there is a benefit for your clients, 100%. But there's also a huge benefit for you. Because when you realize, I don't have to solve everything. I don't have to be the sage. Mm-hmm. I don't have to have all the answers. I, I get to just, I tell my clients all the time, coaching is connecting with another human being. Like literally it's like showing up in service, connecting with another human being, expanding their map of the world and getting out of the way that's coaching. And when you can, that's freeing as a coach to realize, Oh, that's, that's my job. I don't have to know everything. That's really powerful for you. So becoming a transformational coach, if you're someone who wants to move towards pleasure, becoming a transformational coach is beneficial for your clients because they get better results. And when they get better results, they tell people. And when they tell people, you build a business 
without having to do a whole lot of marketing. This is literally how I build my business from the ground up is I, I sucked at marketing for a really, really long time. I've gotten a lot better at it because I've, I've learned, but I sucked at marketing for a really long time and I had a booming business. And the reason was, is because I got clients results and they told their friends and they told their sisters and they told their moms. And I just had client referrals. So when you become a transformational coach and you get clients, long-term lasting results, they tell people and you don't have to be a marketer. You can stay more in that like coaching. (laughs) Word of mouth coaching is the best type of, or word of mouth marketing is the best type of marketing. Amen. Um, Go back and rewatch or re-listen to that again and again. (laughs) So good. Especially for one-on-one coaching. I feel like it's such an amazing model because I think one of the, I guess, cognitive dissonance pieces in all of this is that a lot of people who are one-on-one coaches we're also content creators. We have a podcast. We, you know, write posts on Instagram. We write emails and we are teaching. We are cheering the people on. We are advice yeah. giving. Yep. And yep. then we get on a call with a client and it's a different skill set. Yep. hundred percent. Yeah. So it's like the skill set that got the client to come to you is not the skill, same skill set that is going to get them the results that they need. Yep. And so like I said, we don't want to get rid of teaching or advice giving or cheerleading or accountability. Like I'm not asking you to get rid of any things. I'm asking you to include them and transcend into also being able to get to that deeper transformational level so that you have a better experience. Your clients have a better experience and that more transformation is created between the two of you. The magic, you talk a lot about like the magic that can be created in that space of that sacred space of coach and client. And that comes when you get past those lower levels of quote unquote coaching. You get past the Oreo level of coaching. The Oreo level of coaching. I love yeah. it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trademark that. <laughs> yeah. Don't be an Oreo code. <laughs> yeah, Don't be an Oreo coach. coach. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think part of the, like the underlying message too, is that you have to drop your ego because I think a lot of being a transformational coach is like, there's not a lot of glory. Yeah. Sometimes you even like, you have to say, kind of like a spicy question where like they might not Mm -hmm. like what you're asking them, but it's creating that, Mm -hmm. like observing their blind spots. Like you're opening their mind and they might have resistance to that. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. So I want to share something. You and I both have been coached by James Wedmore um, in business coaching. Mm -hmm. And he asked this question once that I thought was a fantastic question. And it is about the idea of like ego and coaching. And he said, if you worked with someone, you know, famous, semi-famous and you got them an amazing transformation, let's say you're a business coach and you like literally help them build their business to like multi, you know, seven figures and, and you really helped them do it. And they didn't tell a single soul that you helped them to build their business or get a six pack or whatever. Would you be okay with that? Mm -hmm. And if the answer is no, that's a problem, right? That's the, that's the ego part of coaching, of needing to be recognized, of needing to be the reason someone's able to create results. And so I, that was a great reflective question for me to, to think about. If I was able to get someone this fantastic result and they never told a single soul, would I be okay with that? And I had to sit with that and really think, would I be okay with that? And you know, the answer I came to was yes, because it's not about me. It's like, I don't, I don't need the fame. I don't need the glory. I want to help people. Um, but it can be hard to like put that ego aside and be like, well, what about, like, I did this all for you. Like I helped you, I helped mm-hmm. you achieve this great result. Uh, but that, that ego, bringing that ego into coaching is never, it's, it's, it blunts your ability to be a good coach when you bring your ego into it. Yeah. I think in that thread, would you be okay if your client never told you? Oh, 
it's hard, like it's hard because you also can't evaluate if your coaching is working or not but just yes. from the ego piece like I think that those are two different conversations but like from the ego piece would you be okay if you never found out about the results that your client created or didn't create yes and I think that's really good because I think a lot of the work that you and I do is not immediate yep it it gets started with us but it's, it's a process. And so, you know, if you're coaching someone for eight weeks or 12 weeks, or even, you know, half a year, you may not see the fruits of your labor and that's okay. It, it, it needs to be okay because it's, again, it's not about you. It's about what you're allowing, what you're, what part you're playing in helping another individual, not because you want the fame or glory for helping that individual, but because you're coming from a heart of service. Yeah. And you want them to take all the credit because one of the yeah. things that I think yeah. you and I both agree with is like coaching is a tool and mm-hmm. I identify as a coach, but I also think coaching is a skill set, not necessarily like an identity because I'm not always a coach. So when I'm using the tool of coaching <laughs> with a client, right? Like, I don't think it's always instant. And the more important thing is that we're anchoring in for our client, that they're the person that used the tool of coaching. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Like, it's kind of say meta. more about that. Like, so like your client, let's say that she joins your program and she signs up for coaching. She's the one that made the decision to get support. She's the one that decided to get coaching. She decided to take the coaching, right? Mm-hmm. And if she creates the results from the coaching, it's all her. Yeah. It's yeah. It's like, it, it's like, I can hand you a, a hammer, but like yes. once the hammer leaves my hand, you could lay the hammer on the ground or you can like use it to build something. It's even though I handed you the hammer, you're the one who wields it. And make something with it. Exactly. Yeah. That's make it the glory. Like that. you said, like the yeah. coach doesn't get will, the glory. Will you speak a little bit? Because I, I love how you differentiate between mentorship and coaching. Yeah. Will you speak to that? Yeah. Well, I think it's kind of like what we talked about. I can't remember if we were recording yet. So maybe it, um, either way, uh, the way that I see mentorship is like, this is what worked for me. These are the pitfalls that I had to struggle with. These are the things that I learned. This is what, you know, the way I thought about this, um, so that you can learn from my mistakes. So you can learn yeah. from um, anything that went well. I think there's an element of teaching. I think there's this like thought of maybe I can save you time. Maybe yep. I can help you avoid mistakes mm-hmm. um, versus like coaching is like, you might not know anything about me, what my story has been, what mm-hmm. I've struggled with. And I can still create a powerful conversation for you. And I don't even need to know what you're going through because I don't need the answers. I feel like in mentorship, there's this element of like, ask and you shall receive. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like if you need to know, like some of the, I'm thinking of some mentorship type questions that I get is like, Hey, when did you know you were ready for Kajabi? (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you don't need to go into like, why are you asking? Right. (laughs) What's your belief around Kajabi? What's like, yeah. I mean, yeah. And I think that's why discernment is so important. Cause I'm, I'm sure in way less, it's the same thing or fitness, even like if they're like trying to gain muscle, right. Like they're like, Hey, like, do you have a, like, did you, have you thought through, like, do you like this product or this product better? Mm-hmm. Or like, when do yeah. you like, does it matter what time, like, you know, questions that you're like, you can give them an empowered answer that serves them. That's how I kind of distinguish is like, if I answer their question, is it going to serve them? Or it like, cause like sometimes I know I need to go into coaching because if I give them the answer, it's actually doing them a disservice. A to disservice. Them. Yeah. 
Yes. And they might not see it as a disservice yet. And that's, that's the hard part sometimes is because clients, again, they think I just want someone to tell me what to do. And so when you don't just tell them what to do, like you have to be really clear on like, here's why I'm not just telling you what to do, because I know you want it. I know you think it would like help you, but I'm not thinking of just this moment. I'm thinking of the long term, And I can see that it would be a disservice to you to just like spoon feed you because then this happens all the time in fitness coaching. And honestly, this is one of the things that made me move through the phases and into transformational coaching, I did not want to be that coach where clients came and they got success with me while they were with me. And when they left, they regained the weight. That was not the type, like that is not the type of coach that I want to be. And so when I saw that happening, that was like, oh my, I'm doing something wrong because I, clients are getting results while they're with me. And when they leave, they lose the results. That's not them. That's like, I'm doing something not, I'm not helping them in, yeah. in the way that I want to help them. And so it really forced me to, to get clear and figure out I'm, I'm serving them in the way they think they want to be served, but not in the way that's going to help them in the long run. And that was because I was just telling them to what to do. I was like, okay, change your macros this week. Okay. Do this next week. Okay. This, you know, this is how you're going to do it and, um, go do these X, you know, these five workouts and that worked really well and they got results and they were awesome. And then they left and then they stopped doing all those things because I wasn't providing that that structure or advice or, you know, cheerleading, whatever for them. And yeah. so being able to move into that place where I won't want to get clients long-term results. And that sometimes meant not doing what they wanted, what they thought they wanted in the moment, because I knew in the long run that was going to create that long-term transformation that yeah. they want. And I want for them. I think this speaks to like, you have really clean thinking about your clients, which I like is a testament to the work that you do on yourself. Cause not everyone does, right? Like lots of people have yeah. some muddled thinking, um, but I know one of the beliefs that you have and the things that you've articulated is like, you don't want your clients to be with you forever. Right. hundred percent. Yeah. No, I, not I, all coaches believe that they're like, they that's have a failure like, on my part. Yeah. Right. I failed. If you need me forever, I failed as a coach is yeah. the way that this is my belief, right? That's the belief that I, that I choose to hold because that means I haven't, like my goal isn't to to be your mute or your sage. Like my goal is for you to be your own sage. And if you feel like you always need me, then I haven't, I haven't succeeded there. Yeah. And especially the need, the need, the feeling of like, I can't do this without you. I think some coaches secretly like to hear that. Oh, of course it's validating codependency a little bit. Like, Uh Oh, like I'm, I'm doing, you know, they like I'm important. Um, Mm -hmm. this matters. I'm special or whatever versus like, I'm the hammer. They picked me up. They used me. They got results and they're, they're the hero. They're the hero. Yeah. It's the difference between the, the hero and the, what do they call them? The story brand talks about it. Like the guide. The hero's journey. Yeah. I talk about the guide. Yeah. It's my clients. The same thing. The hero versus we want guide. to be the guide. We do not want to be the right. hero. Our clients are the hero. hero. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. I feel like you can't be a transformational coach if you also have, you struggle with codependency. Because you won't, yeah. they'll be like subconscious, you'll like subconsciously, like not truly serve them. Cause you're like, but if you get too powerful, too successful, you'll, you won't need me. You won't, you won't need me anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I just did a podcast episode on people pleasing. Yeah. And, uh, that was, that's, you know, that, that idea of needing that external validation comes up a lot. And I remember a client, I said a client, it might've been a coaching, like a coaching Academy client asked me, it was like, have you have you ever had a client like not be happy with your coaching or have you ever like worried that clients weren't satisfied with your coaching or happy with your coaching? And I, I, I thought about it for a minute and I said, 
no, I've never had that experience because I don't make up stories in my head about clients' experiences with me. If someone gives me feedback, I absolutely will take feedback. And if I get feedback, especially from multiple sources, I'm going to take that in and I'm going to evaluate it and, you know, make shifts based on it. So it's not that I'm not, I'm ignoring everything people tell me, but I only listen to things that people actually tell me. And I think a lot of coaches sit in coaching calls and they're in their head and they're like, oh my gosh, they don't, they don't like me. I'm not saying good things. I'm not, not being effective. It's all about them, 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 because they're looking for that external validation from their client to tell them that they're a good coach rather than coming into the conversation and knowing and believing that they are a good coach. That's another thing I come in. I come in believing I'm a kick-ass coach. Yes. Like, I walk into every coaching situation knowing that I can provide value and, you know, we can kind of get into like a little bit of the business side of it. People ask me when my business took off because I had a, a pretty big trajectory with my, with upswing in my business revenue. My business took off financially when I truly believed that I could walk into any coaching situation, any, and provide value. And once I had that confidence in me that you give me any person and I can serve them, I can help them, I can get them results. And I came in with that confidence, my business skyrocketed. And so that's, that is a frame of of reference that I come into with every conversation. I know that I can help you. And when you show up in that, it's not about me. It's not about, I'm in my head. It's not about me worrying about whether you like me or whether you're going to say bad things about me. It's about like, I know I can serve you and I'm showing up in that place of service. Yeah. Cause it's not even about you. You don't walk in. It's not about me. Yeah. 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 It's not about me. It's about, it's about my client. Yeah. How did you get there? Get to that place. Mm -hmm. Um, that's a really good question. Um, you know, I think there definitely is an element of practice and an element of, of, um, of seeing enough times that I was in enough different contexts that I was able to, to provide value. But at the end of the day, I just think it's a decision. Like I can say, yeah, I, I, I saw results, right. I was able to get clients results and in a couple different contexts and, you know, you see enough of that and you're like, okay, I can do this. But I, I, but I don't think it's actually that because if it was, there would have to be like a, a, once you get 15 clients, then you will feel like you can serve them. At at some point it just became a decision that if I wanted to be the type of coach that was able to serve thousands and thousands and thousands of people, I had to decide that I could serve thousands and thousands of people. And it just became a decision that I was like, I I can do this. And, you know, it's like the be, do, have model. You decide who you want to be and then you show up in that new way. And wouldn't you know, you're able to provide that value to people. Yeah. Um, I also, we were just in, like I said, we, I just had a coaches meeting before this and we were talking about coming into, I was talking with a, a coach who, was um, feeling like her coaching calls weren't really going anywhere because the client wasn't doing the work. And we elicited that she was coming in kind of with an agenda. And I gave her this question. I was like, okay, put this question in your back pocket. Cause this is, this is the next time you're going to open up a coaching conversation. This is how you're going to open it up. Mm-hmm. You're going to say, Jenny, I am so excited about our coaching conversation today. Uh, I just know we're going to create magical things together. So I want to ask you the question that's going to guide the whole session. What can, like, what can I provide for you today? How can I, how can I be of service to you today? And she was like, I've never asked that question before. Cause she comes in with like, we need to do this and we need to do this and we don't want them. We're going to do this. And then, you know, it's like, this yeah. is, this is the way we're going to run the call rather than a, I'm just going to show up and I'm going to, I'm going to serve this person who's in yeah. front of me. And, and I'm going to ask them, how do you want to be served? 
and then I'm going to serve them in that way. Yeah. They're <laughs> they going to tell you exactly what you want. They want to work on. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, my, why, why try to guess or like create a plan and just like ask them what they want and then deliver that in the call. <laughs> like It's revolutionary, but revolutionary. I think it's because we get on our head about being like the sage, right? Like I yeah. have to come with these cool ideas or whatever the agenda. Um, I think for me, the question I asked is like, what would make this call powerful for you today? And I love it yeah. because it makes them stop and think. Cause they're like, I don't know what would make this call powerful. And then we get right to the issue because whatever yeah, they yeah. come up with, they're telling you what they want to help. Like you yeah. said, like they're telling you what's going to be powerful. Yeah. It's also an ability of control, right? It's if you don't feel super confident in your coaching and your ability to provide service, then if you can control the call and you only go down the avenues that you feel comfortable with, then you're safe. So that's why making the decision that you are a good coach and that you can support and provide value in any direction that the client takes it, then, then you can show up and really ask them what would make this powerful. And then you can co-create that together. If you, if you aren't sure about your ability to do that, you want to just say, here's the five lanes that I feel comfortable and confident in, please pick one of the five. But if one of those five is not what the client actually needs now, they're feeling like they're not getting what they came for. Yeah. Or what was really like urgent for them to work through that, that specific day. Right. Because, sure. um, some, a lot of our clients aren't super self-aware. That's why they want coaching. That's right. what we can provide for them. And so I think shining light back on them, turning the mirror, right. Like helping them see what they want to work on is, is the, is a gift alone. Like, I didn't know that's mm-hmm. what was on my mind. That was so helpful to know what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And recognizing too, that, um, you know, a lot of times, one of the things that co- good coaches can do is to get to the root problem of like what actually is keeping them stuck, which is not usually what people think is keeping them stuck. And oftentimes what clients will present to you is the symptom. Yeah. They present to you the symptom because they know the symptom, they see the symptom, that's what's causing their problems. And then your job as a coach is to be able to take that symptom and go deeper, figure out, okay, you're showing me, you're saying you're struggling with hitting your macros. That's great. That's the symptom. That's not actually the problem. So let's, let's together, let's dig a little deeper and let's figure out what the actual problem is. And if people were able to do that themselves, they wouldn't need coaching. So that's why, uh, allowing the client to speak first and say, Hey, this would make it really powerful for me. If I could figure out why weekends are so hard for me to stick to my macros. Um, well, fantastic. Like, let's start there, but we're not going to just stay there. We're not going to just be like, well, let's come up with some three options for how you could stick to your macros of the weekend. We're going to be like, well, let's dig deeper into why that's been a struggle for you. What's underlying that so that we can come from that deeper transformational level. I feel like what you just said makes you very unique in the fitness space. Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, there's a lot of advice giving in the fitness space specifically. Because I think it's easy. It's easy. It's easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just hit your macros. Wait, you didn't do it over the weekend. Just do it. It's so oh, hard. Just get just back on it. track. Get back on the wagon. <laughs> yeah. Just grab it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, and this is the problem that I have with that idea is that it makes the problem, the person, the person now is the problem. Oh, you got off track. Well, you just need to do better. Well, you just need to try harder. Well, you, you just need to have more motivation. You need to have more like focus. You like, and it makes the person feel like they're the problem instead of recognizing that like, them trying to do what other people are telling them that isn't unique or customized to them. It isn't even decided by them, right? There's no autonomy in that. You just told me to do these five workouts. That's the actual problem. And so when we can get that, that, oh, I'm not, it's not because I just 
lack motivation. I just need more motivation. That's what everybody tells me. It's like, Amber, how do I have more motivation? I'm like, well, the first problem is that you think that motivation is going to solve your problem. <laughs> yeah. It's not actually your problem. Uh, but, but it's, it's easy for fitness influencers to just be like, it's not hard. Just do it. Just eat less, work out more. And that's the way to get success. And it's so damaging for so many women because they really take that on and be like, well, I just suck. Like, I can't, I can't do that. I can't work out. It's a flaw. I'm, I'm fundamentally flawed. Mm -hmm. And I guess I just suck. And that breaks my heart, right? That, that breaks my heart that women feel that way about themselves. When in reality, I always use the analogy of like, it's like a round peg into a square hole and then getting mad at the round peg because it doesn't fit into a square hole. Like the the, the problem's not the peg. (laughs) The problem is you gotta, you gotta figure out what's going to work for you. And a lot of times that is doing this deeper work because I was talking to my husband about this earlier. Um, weight loss is absolutely a goal that I support, but if you are trying to lose weight in order to be whole, it will never be successful. If you can be whole first, then great. Let's go and do the weight loss. But a lot of women try to jump into weight loss before they feel whole or worthy or, you know, like they're enough. And that's going to be a recipe for disaster. And so a lot of things that I'm working with clients is like, yeah, I got you. I got you. You want to lose weight? I got you. We'll get there. But let's make it a successful journey. Let's make it an enjoyable journey. And then to do that, we have to start with some of these deeper stuff. Do you feel like doing that deep work slows down the results? No, it actually speeds it up. Because instead of losing and regaining and losing, regaining and losing, regaining, like I have women who have been doing that yo-yo cycle for 40 years. That's a long time. So yeah, I know you think it takes a little bit longer to like do some of this work up front, but it doesn't take 40 years. Yeah. We can get you there a whole lot faster than 40 right. years. So yeah, that's, that's the fallacy in thinking is like, oh, it's going to take me a whole lot longer. Cause I got to do all this, like I got to get through all this, like emotional work and this thought work and like things that Amber's going to take me through. But in reality, it speeds up the process because instead of yo-yoing, this is a, a really important point and it's kind of written in kind of fantasy, but, um, success isn't achieving a result, it's being able to maintain it. So I don't care if you hit your goal weight, if the next day and you're never that goal weight again, (laughs) like that's not a success. A success is actually being able to like, it's like, it's like building a business. It's like, okay, so you, um, signed one $10,000 client and you never, ever signed another client again. That's not a success, (laughs) right? Even, even if you wanted to sign a $10,000 client, it's not a success if you can't like replicate it and repeat it and, and keep going. Yeah. And, and it's the same thing with fitness. And so a lot of times people think, oh, uh, it's going to be slower because I'm going to like hit my goal weight slower, but it never was just about hitting the goal weight. It's about what happens after you hit the goal weight. And if you're someone who wants to lose weight and maintain it, that's a different process mm-hmm. and, and it requires a different way to go about it. Yeah. I think what you're speaking to as well, which I agree with is like, it's not just from getting to point A to point B, it's the way we create point B like the yes. process that you go through. Cause like, there's a lot of unhealthy ways we can create results in business. We can yes. create results in our like mm-hmm. relationships in our bodies. Yep. And like, there's people that subscribe to that. That's like the ends justify the means. And I don't yep. think a transformational coach is like subscribed to that ideology. No, I think you're absolutely right. There's a million ways to get from A to B. And some of those are a lot healthier and sustainable than other ways. Yeah. So good. Anything else you want to say about transformational coaching? Um, I think, I think I, I, so one of my goals and one of my visions for coaching Academy, where we teach 
coaches how to come from this transformational level and be able to go deep with their clients. One of my goals is to change the fitness industry. And you kind of alluded to this of like, this makes me very unique in this industry that is so focused on end results and fast and, and just do it. And let me give you a plan and have you follow it. And I just want to like shake up the industry so bad and really create a team and an army of coaches that are out there supporting clients in a fundamentally different way when it comes to achieving their health and fitness goals. And, you know, it's a big dream. It's like, it it feels even scary to kind of like put that out there of like, but I want to shake up an industry. Like I really want this like wake up call for people when it comes to their health and fitness, that it's not, it's not that you just need more motivation. It's not that you're fundamentally flawed. It's not that you just need to stick to, you know, your eating plan better, but that there's these things that are underlying that if we can get to the root, they not only shift your fitness journey, but they shift your entire life. The number of women who have gone through macros 101 and come back and are like, Amber, I'm like a better parent. Like I'm a better wife. I'm a better community member because of the the coaching I received. Right. I didn't coach any of them on their marriage or their kids or like any of the things, but the way that I coach translates into other areas of their lives. And so that's why I always say, you know, what I do is about fitness, but it's not actually about fitness. It's about so much more. So I really want to shake up the fitness industry and create a a shift in the way that people see themselves and see their, their fitness goals. Because I think fitness can be a really fun playground. Business is a really fun playground too. Like to me, it's like business becomes this container for growth. It's the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. It's a place to play. It's a place to play. It's a place to experiment. It's a place to, to grow yourself. And I think that's what, that's what the world, you know, marriage is another great one. Marriage is a fantastic place to like grow yourself. And, um, and so I think fitness can be a really fantastic playground to be able to have that experience, especially for people who don't have businesses. I feel like entrepreneurship is just like personal development on steroids, but I think fitness can be another realm for people to be able to have that same personal development experience that aren't in business. And so I, I just see it as such a, a ripe playground. If people come from it, from the right perspective, to be just this right playground for learning more about themselves, developing and doing hard things. Cause I think hard things grows us. Yeah. I think what you just described to me is like the difference between like deep coaching and personal training. Mm, yeah. Personal training is like teaching advice, giving, mm-hmm. cheerleading. Yeah. And it's like you said, it's great if you're working with a personal trainer, but like what happens when you go out on vacation, what happened? I feel like that's why, coaching is so powerful is like, you're really empowering the person that no matter where they are, they're the type of person that can get the results. That's mm-hmm. different. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You're creating, you're helping them to shift their identity rather than just their behaviors. Yeah. And a lot of fitness coaching, especially focuses on behaviors. And we know that shifting behaviors isn't transformational. It, it can last for a while. It can cause some changes, but if we're only shifting on a behavioral level and we're not shifting on an identity level, it won't ever stick. Yeah. And so what you're speaking to is this idea of like, as you work with clients, we're, we're focusing on that identity level. We're focusing on shifting who they're being, how they're showing up, the frame that they're coming from. And that creates, when you can shift the identity, it creates long-term change. Yes. Behaviors make yes. short-term change, but identity makes a long-term change. Yes. And I, just because of how I talk, like, I know my listeners are going to be like, yes, <laughs> like <laughs> resonating with that. So tell yeah. us about your coaching academy. Yeah. So in coaching academy, we take this world of, um, 
of transformational coaching and, and marry it with how do we get clients physical results as well. And so it's, there's two phases. One of the phases is about how do, how do we create customized nutrition plans for clients that it drives the, the physical results that they want. And then the second part of it is all about, okay, now that we know the science, right? Cause um, there's a science and an art. Yeah. And so you have to understand the science. So once we understand the science of nutrition and the, that fundamentals, then we can really get into the good stuff of like, okay, why don't people follow through? Why do people self-sabotage? What beliefs are driving the actions that people are taking, right? Here's the symptom. Okay, we, we can see the symptom. They see the symptom. I see the symptom. But that's not actually the problem. Yeah. So what they're presenting you is the symptom and how do we get down to the root cause of what is actually keeping that person stuck once they have the knowledge and understanding. And so I teach clients how to elicit those beliefs, how to dig deep, find out what the root cause is, and then be able to help their clients start to shift it so that they are able to step into that new version of themselves. They're able to, like you said, you know, take responsibility for their journey and be able to shift on that core identity level so that the results that they want to create become easy. Yeah. And, and so I teach, I teach coaches how to do that. We do you know, practice pods where we get to get them to practice and we like provide feedback. And it's been such a, a, a exciting new adventure to, to build, uh, in my business. I'm, I'm a little bit weird when it comes to like entrepreneurship. I'm not a typical entrepreneur. Um, I'm very focused. So a lot of entrepreneurs are kind of shiny object syndrome and they do like, you know, want to build like five things and then they like half build this thing. And then they go like, that's not me. I'm like a, like, focus. So my goal was like to build macros 101 and get that successful. And that took me, you know, four years to do that. And finally, like it's out of place. It's super successful. And so now I was like, okay, what's next? And that's when coaching Academy was started. So that's my new baby. That's what we're growing and building. And I have big dreams for shaking up the the fitness world. And- I really like, I really resonate with that. Cause like, I think that's like, I like you, I'm like, we do have, like, we need more identity level work. And I feel like it is a disruptive idea for a traditional, like teaching industry, like mostly like teaching people knowledge versus doing the deep work. So I'm really excited. Yes. And, and I think that is where the world is going is like, we are in an age where knowledge has never been more easy to get, you know, with the invention of the internet and like, like, YouTube, I, I freaking built my business by like YouTubing everything, you know, when I was like brand new starting out, like yeah. the knowledge that is out there available for free on the internet, like you can learn anything. My husband, I always joke, he's a surgeon and he, um, watches surgery videos on YouTube and like learns surgical techniques. Yeah. I'm like freaking, you're learning how to do surgery on YouTube. Like mm-hmm. the amount of knowledge that is present in the world is yeah. prolific. You can look up how to build a rocket. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or build a bomb or like, yeah. I mean, it's like the knowledge is just like out there. And so, especially since your audience is business owners, if we just try to stay in that area of selling knowledge, it it's not going to go anywhere. If that's all you're offering your clients is just more knowledge, they can find that for free somewhere. And more and knowledge so- at a certain point overwhelms our clients. Totally. Oh, a hundred percent. I'm always like dealing with that with my clients. of like yeah. trying to walk this line between like giving them enough knowledge without overwhelming them. It's like a hard yeah. line to walk. So I think as business owners, if that's the only thing that we're able to provide clients, then we're, we're, you're never going to go anywhere long-term. And I, I really see the world moving into, we have enough knowledge. It's not that we need more knowledge. It's that application piece. It's like, where are we getting ourselves stuck? 
where are we getting in our own way? And you can't see that because it's, it's blind. It's a blind spot. Where do we have the spinach in our teeth that we cannot see? And that's why when you can provide education and coaching and actually like, we're not talking about like Oreo coaching, we're talking about like <laughs> yeah. <Fonde> coaching, then, <laughs> yeah. then you as a business owner are going to be able to grow with the market because the market, the market's moving past just knowledge products in the, in the beginning of online business, you could just sell like, here's how to do X, Y, and Z. And, and there's still a place for that, but the market is moving past that because knowledge is so easily acquired. Yeah. I think too, what you're speaking to is like people who love to hone their craft. I feel like you described like when your business took off, like you took it seriously to become the best at what you did, not just like good at marketing. And I feel like a lot of my listeners, like I'm thinking of a few specific people, a few of my friends and a few of my clients who have literally told me, they're like, I don't want to be an accountability coach. I'm like, you need to listen to this episode and you need to go look at the coaching academy. <laughs> um, because I think it's good in theory, but like, how do you actually become a transformational coach? Like this this is how this conversation and what obviously what you teach in your academy too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's powerful and it's powerful for you as well. I think, I hope that that comes across. We do things for our clients and most of the people who work with me have like a huge heart of service, Mm -hmm. but the transformation that occurs in yourself as you step into this higher identity, as you step into this ability is remarkable as well. And the clients that I have come through coaching Academy coming on the back end, they just are just shocked at how, when you understand how to elicit and shift beliefs and see the world and be able to map other people's models of the world and, and see that it, it it's everywhere. It's all day long in every interaction that you experience. And it's just, it's, it's such a joy to be able to open people's eyes to that. Yeah. World. I, I love that. You said that too, that like we get to benefit from the work. Yeah as well as a client first. Yeah. Because I think, I think, I think as coaches, like, I don't know about you, um, but as entrepreneurs, like one of the reasons I love entrepreneurship is because it forces me to grow. Yeah. Like if I want to grow my business, I have to personally grow and it becomes that playground that I get to do that in and learning to become a better coach will grow you and will grow your business totally. because when you can get clients results, it will, it can't help, but grow your business. Yeah. It's like the, like you said at the beginning, like the best type of marketing. Well, I feel like, um, there's two things I thought about what James Wedmore says about like, you are the bottleneck of your business, <laughs> right? Like yeah. it's always you. And then the next yeah. thing that I, I really resonate with is like, I'm my best always first client. Like I'm doing the mm. work on myself first because yeah, um, Rich Litvin says you can only take a client as deep as you're willing to go yourself. Sure. Yeah. And like, like you just said, like, it's like you, you'll leave the academy knowing more about yourself and other people. So like, you're not going to be afraid to ask the hard questions and go deep with your clients because you did it first. Yeah. One of the things that, you know, cause we've now run coaching Academy multiple times and we're, you know, we're always eliciting feedback from people. And one of the biggest things that people have loved and even want more of, and so we're including it more in this round is coaching with me. Like they want to be coached as a coach, yeah, uh, not on fitness stuff, but on like I, stuff that they're the struggling coaching. with as a coach. Yeah. yeah. And That's so good. we, we have, we heard that feedback and we are like making that a deeper part of, of coaching Academy of just that understanding that coaches need coaches. And, um, so what a better place to be able to, yes, learn techniques, learn fundamentals, learn tools, all of that good stuff. But at the end of the day, like you said, we have to be our own first client yeah. and, uh, 
we need to be able to have the coaching so that we can go, cause we can't go deep on ourselves. We can't go deep with yeah. other clients. I, I talk to that, uh, coaches a lot. If you don't feel worthy enough whole, uh, you cannot coach clients through that. And a lot of your clients need to be coached through that. So let's work through that with you first. Right. So because you- if it's your blind spot, you can't yeah. see it in your client. You can't see it in someone else. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And like, exactly. but a lot of coaches don't get that. A lot of times I'll hear people who get stuck with their clients and I'm like, well, have you gotten coaching on that? No. It's like, that's, yeah. that's where it is. Where is that showing up for you? Because like, I feel yeah. like that's why you have to be a product of your product. Like if you want to go deep with your clients, you better be going deep with yourself. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, life is a mirror, right? Like everything yeah. is just showing us more of where we can continue to grow, where we can yeah. continue to up level. And if that's coming up for you, especially if it comes up more than once, it's always, it's always an indication to me. I'm like, okay, well, there's something there. Yeah. Ding, ding. That's, yeah. I need to go a little deeper on that for myself. Totally. Totally. Awesome. I mean, we could talk about this forever. Tell people where they can find out more. Yeah. So uh, I have a podcast called by Soda Reviews Radio. That's mostly focused on uh, health and fitness and nutrition stuff. You've been dropping Um, some business stuff too. uh, I do. Yeah. And, and I, as we, you know, if we're talking about like dreaming big dreams, we're, we're building coaching Academy. Again, I'm singular focused on making that as good as it can, but in the long run, we're going to have a business component to it as well. So that'll, that'll be in probably a couple of years, but we're definitely like, I integrate some of that stuff as well. And, uh, I also think following other business owners in other niches can be really valuable because you can see how the principles of marketing can be applied in. I, sometimes we surround ourselves with like only people who are doing business in the same realm that we're doing it. And it becomes kind of an echo chamber. I like to follow business owners who are like totally different niches yes. uh, because it lets me see, Oh, this is how they're applying, you know, scarcity in their niche and, and taking core business principles and applying them. So yeah, come over biceps after babies radio. And then my Instagram is biceps after babies as well. Feel free to shoot me a DM. Um, I, it's me and my DMs. So yeah. But I, where can they find out more about the coaching Academy? <laughs> oh, you like, you want specifics. I want specifics because uh, it depends most on what of my listeners is- are coaches. They're going to be like, okay, like this is <laughs> it de- me. It depends when you're listening to this, okay. uh, whether, where we are in the, in the cycle, but, um, going to just going to my Instagram is probably the best way to be able to find out. We have a masterclass coming up, but I don't know when this is airing. So I don't know if the masterclass I was going to tell be. you, tell me when to air this. <laughs> okay. Well, masterclass is in a week. Okay. So <laughs> it's coming up. Okay. Really soon. <laughs> so, uh, if it's past that time point, which is totally fine, uh, reach out to me and just kind of, we, we have an interest list going, uh, Oh, okay. that's, I can, I can drop that. The interest okay. list, uh, bicepsafterbabies.com biceps. I always say that really fast bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash cert c-e-r-t for okay and i'll link that in the show notes as well cool awesome yeah you're amazing thank you so much (laughs) this is so fun i i always enjoy a conversation with you um i people probably don't know but you coached me like i don't know like three years ago it was a long time ago but i reached out for amber for some business coaching and it was really powerful and, and awesome and we created a connection then and i've always just Loved watching her from the sides continue oh, to grow thanks. her business. That's a nice shout out. Um, yeah. It's super fun. Now that you, like, you've like, exponential. That's the word that comes to me. Like, the exponential growth yeah. is crazy. But um, I think that you also, like, are, you do the work. Like, you just were at your mastermind. Yeah. Like, I think that it's good to hear people who, like, you believe in coaching so much that you get coached. I get coached. Like, the best performers I know get coaching. And yep. and hone their craft. It's like you get coaching, you learn how to be a better coach, you do the work so that your business grows as well. And you serve your clients in integrity. Yep. 
Yeah. 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 So good. Cool. Thanks, Amber. Well, everyone go check her out. <laughs> okay. Thanks so much. I am super grateful that Amber Brzezicki came on the podcast to talk about her own transition and I guess story evolving as a coach, right? From the accountability to cheerleading, to teaching, to advice giving, and now being a transformational coach. I feel like her perspective is really valuable. I know I resonate with a lot of it, and I hope you guys got a lot of value on it for yourself on how you can be a transformational coach. And it does require a lot of inner work. It does require a lot of self-awareness. It requires you to go through the phases with enough perspective that you know where you can improve, know where you can become more transformational in your coaching, where you're not giving advice, where you're not just teaching, where you're truly like digging for the deeper stuff with your clients. And I know that for me, this is where the game changed for my own coaching and for how I deliver results, or I guess not deliver, create results with my clients in their own life, right? Becoming that transformational coach. So I hope this episode was valuable. I hope you see where you can improve um, in a way that feels good and aligned to you, that there's like, there's room for improvement. And that's a good thing. That's not something to judge yourself for. It's something to be inspired by because I think honing your craft, kind of what, what me and Amber talked about, right? Becomes the best marketing. And I think the reason that we get into coaching is to deeply serve others. And this was just another powerful layer of understanding um, how to do that to your best capacity. So I hope this finds you well. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving this week with your family and I will talk to you soon. Hey, if you love this podcast, I know you'd love The Matrix, where I coach, teach, and mentor entrepreneurs like you about what I call the art of entrepreneurship. It really is the year of miracles, where we combine business strategy with doing the inner work, where you take your business to the next level. Check it out and join the waitlist at itsambersmith.com forward slash matrix.